In today's episode, I chat with two amazing ladies, Lorna Deng and Betty Ortho. Lorna and Betty have had very similar life journeys. They are both human resource professionals, passionate advocates for diversity and inclusion, and they are both migrants from South Sudan who have faced and overcome employment barriers. Lorna and Betty recently joined forces to start their own social enterprise, DivTel. That's D-I-V-T-A-L. Whilst they're still early in their startup journey, their vision for DivTel is to offer an online job platform that will help organizations look for culturally diverse talent and migrants who face barriers to employment and ultimately improve career prospects for migrants and create a more fair and inclusive future of work. I've actually been following Lorna and Betty's story for some time, as I love finding people who are not only doing amazing things to empower people at work, but also have a side hustle that has the potential to empower people at a global scale. And being able to finally find a time for the three of us to sit down and have a chat is a dream come true, especially with all three of us heading off to travel in different places over the next month. Enjoy the episode and I hope their story will inspire you to create your own opportunities to shape the future of work. This is Ishan Chen, and you're listening to Digital Learners, the podcast focused on helping you leverage new ways of learning to build your talent stack and create a more fulfilling career. I'll share my personal journey, as well as stories from people who are challenging the status quo in how they learn, network, and shape their career. The future of work is the future of learning. You never know what you might discover if you try something new. Hi Lorna, hi Betty, thanks so much for joining me here today. It's so awesome to be be in the same room with you for a change. I normally do these interviews via video call. Um, So thank you for taking the time out. Now I'd love for you to introduce yourselves and share where you're from and tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Let's start with Betty. Hi everyone, um, all of Yishan's digital learners out there. Uh, I'm Betty Otho. Uh, I'm originally from South Sudan. I'm a very proud uh, South Sudanese African woman. Um, I've been a, in Australia for 20 years. I'm also a very proud African Australian woman. So uh, a lot of layers there, but I think they all make me who I am. Uh, professionally, I have been in HR for about seven years, um, so I would classify myself as a HR professional. Uh, love what I do, uh, makes me who I am, uh, very people-oriented, so really enjoy my career and uh, I guess where I am in life right now. Uh, I'm also super, super passionate about uh, migrant um, empowerment, so that's specifically women and youth, and uh, so excited to have been able to combine my passions of HR and uh, empowering youth, uh, migrant youth and uh, women, and just, I guess, culturally diverse people overall into a new venture, um, which is, uh, we'll tell you all about it later on, but DivTel uh, with my co-founder Lorna. So we're so excited to be here. 
Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Betty. Yeah. I'm so excited. I've been listening to your podcast for the past few weeks, and it's so <laughs> surreal to be here. Thanks, Lorna. Yep. with you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Lorna. So I'm also from South Sudan. Uh, it's, when people ask me where are you from, it's such a big question for me because yes. I guess heritage-wise, you know, my parents are from South Sudan, but yes. I was born in Kenya, lived in Botswana, yeah. Egypt, Wales, l- grew up in Adelaide, and then... And then Melbourne, so that's that's kind of where I'm from. Uh, I grew up in Adelaide too, so yeah, oh, we're both from South Australians. Yeah, so I've been been in Australia for 19 years now. Currently work in HR, same as Betty, so we're actually in the same team. We always together. Yeah, had a very similar journey. So my role, I've had a mix of different roles. So HR generalist, kind of mm. HR specialist roles. Currently in a more generalist role where I get to kind of work on different projects yeah. with different business leaders within my organisation around you know talent management, mm. leadership, succession planning, and kind of mergers and acquisition. Mm. So it keeps 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 it interesting. Lots happening at the moment. Yeah, I would definitely enjoy my job. That's awesome. Now, so you mentioned you've been in Australia for 19 years, but tell us what does that mean in terms of like how old you were when you moved to Australia? Like, without I know by doing this, yeah. we're going to reveal your age and stuff. Yes. Like that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I think I'm, but I think some of the best stories come from when we were young, right? So, the, yes. so how old were you both when you moved to Australia? So, so Lorna, how old were you when you? So I was 10 when I first moved here. Yeah. So coming to Adelaide, Australia, was a massive culture shock. Yeah. You know, back in Botswana, I was a huge fan of the show Skippy. Yeah. <laughs> so obsessed with the show. And so that was kind of my whole perception about Australia, yes. which is the outback and, you know, little kids playing with their pet kangaroos. That was actually my perception. Yeah. So coming to Adelaide and seeing to kind of what to me kind of felt like these massive buildings. I thought Adelaide is this huge city, yeah, yeah. all these huge buildings and it just felt so big. Yeah. And I think coming here it's just, you know, being one of the kind of first migrants or first African migrants to, yeah. to go to Adelaide at that time. Yeah. It was just, you know, you always you very you very much stood out. So yes. I remember going to school and being the only African in the entire school until my little brother joined. <laughs> So, so everyone's kind of so similar. Yes, so everyone kind of. <laughs> funny you mentioned that because I was ten when I moved to Adelaide as well from Singapore. Yes. And well, I didn't watch Skippy. We were very strict with like no t- no TV during like school days. But so I actually thought Australia was like the UK, and so mm-hmm. I started. I started trying to copy the British accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I was only like you could count um, the number of Asians with one hand mm. in, in my primary school. So um, I can t- like absolutely relate to some of that story as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and Betty, how old were you when you moved? I'd say I was about seven or eight. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember again, probably really similar to Lorna. I was definitely the only South Sudanese or yeah. African dark skinned person in the school. Probably the closest you get to dark skin would have been somebody who's um, maybe of a Indian or Sri Lankan background. Um, yeah. And then they probably thought that was like dark skin. And then I came along, they're like, oh no, that's dark skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it was, I, I like, 
I was used to, given I have grown up in places like Egypt um, yes. and Libya, yeah. I was used to being, although there was a bigger Sassanese community, yes. and probably because I was growing up, I was probably a little bit more aware yeah. of the fact that I was the only um, dark-skinned person yeah, uh, in yeah. the whole school. Yeah. But it was interesting because I think there was, um, because I was growing up with kids, they were all really curious. So yeah. some of the weird questions I'd get would be, Oh, when you wash your hands, does a bit of your skin come off? Oh, no. Yeah, very innocent questions. I've been asked, what's your, what colors your blood? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, blood, it was blue, and they actually believe yeah, me. Yeah, like oh, you could, you could make up school. anything. Um, but <laughs> I guess other funny things that had happened while I was growing up is just, you know. Um, as some of you would know, Africans, we always do our hair different. We braid our hair. We have extensions sometimes. So, yeah. again, very new to a lot of Australians in this, while I was in primary school. So, we'd have swimming. Um, and, I, of course, I'd let all my, like, beautiful braids out and swim. But there was this one day where one braid decided not to cooperate when I got off the pool. <laughs> so, I, I got off the pool. And then uh, one braid stayed behind. So, it was flat floating on the pool and obviously only African girl obviously that bread belongs to me um somebody decided to go save it in the pool and hand it to me because they thought that I was genuinely losing my hair so um just very innocent type of things but obviously there is um like racism that you the serious side of it there is racism that you go through in that you know, I was sometimes um, not bored in and part of the conversations, left out when people pick teens. Um, yes, yeah. And I think it was all unconscious. Yeah. Just, you know, being scared of the other, someone yes. who's different. Yeah. But I think I overcame all of that because I had a very strong role model in my mom that she's like, you know, you're always going to be different. You're always going to be an African girl. Yeah. Utilize it, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. really just be proud of where you come from and just actually use it to your own advantage because I have to say, like, yeah. no matter where I go now, people always know that I'm Betty the African girl and I don't have to ever be forgotten yes. because people may forget another Aussie girl, but they'll never forget me. So yeah. I've decided to use that to my advantage, really. And I think what people don't yeah. really realise is how many countries you've lived in before mm-hmm. Australia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, potentially there you might even move, you know, to other countries later on. So... Can you describe some of the maybe challenging realities of moving countries so many times and also, you know, adjusting to cultural differences with each move and then, you know, settling in here finally? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, each country that I had moved to was very different. So, Mm. I mean, when I was quite... I was quite young when I left Kenya, so I don't remember that transition. But growing up in Botswana, you know, being from North Africa versus South southern yep. part of Africa, skin was very much visibly darker, and mm, you know, mm. people noticed that. And mm. I think the I guess the discrimination was quite intense mm. in Botswana. Yeah, I think Africans yeah. were very kind of direct and straightforward, and we kind of just say it as it is. So people would call out, "Oh, you've got dark skin." Everywhere you went, so I think it's <laughs> like oh, thanks. Thanks. I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think for us, in terms of being 
living in Botswana, it, it was home for us, but we never really felt like that was yeah. that was truly home. Yeah. And then going to Wales from Botswana, Wales being kind of you know smaller country town in in Europe. Yeah. In um in the broader UK, but coming from Africa, you know mm. where it's all the landscape is very different and mm. the culture is very different. I think that was a a very kind of big be kind of culture shock mm. where you go and you just see white people everywhere mm. and you know instead of the dirty or the sands of Africa you're mm. in the kind of greens of, of Wales mm. but I think be, I think the being quite young mm. you know as to kind of what Betty said you know people are just curious about you so all the questions you'd get people kind of mm. want to touch your skin your hair it was very much innocent so I don't people want to touch your hair because I think you know having afro hair or having okay, braids yes, and okay. it's just it's different people they're not yeah, kind of they don't right. see that often so it's well here people want to touch your actual skin yeah. yeah, I'm not a touchy person. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm not even. A I hug, don't think I've hugger. ever asked anyone, "Can I touch your hair or your <laughs> yeah. skin?" Because yeah, I no. think it's weird, but it's interesting that I get it. Yeah, quite a lot. but could you imagine someone else completely different, say, like a purple skin person that you've never seen before coming in? I guess so. Curious. I guess so. They're very curious too. But the good thing is, I'm like, I have a very soft skin. Go ahead. <laughs> so they're always like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "I know. Go enjoy it over there." <laughs> yeah, I have a confession to make. Ever since I saw both of you featured in, in internal communications at work, I think it was about your upcoming startup, which we'll get into. I've been wishing for this day that I'll be able to interview both of you on the podcast. And I think I was one of the first few people to sign up to your mailing list as soon as I saw you were launching Div Tao. Thank you for making my wish come true. <laughs> Thank um, you. Now, tell us more about Div Tell. Tell us the story about uh, what is it about and what's the story behind the inspiration for creating your own startup? What's your vision for DivTel and also share about where you're at in the startup journey as well. I think that would be really interesting to share. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to tell you just a bit of an overview about DivTel. So I mm. think DivTel for us, it's something that Betty and I are both very passionate about. So we both work in HR at the moment. We are both migrants. So we have a very similar journey in terms of kind of how we came to Australia and how we got our first job. So we both struggled to find work after graduating from uni. So I graduated studying psychology. After uni, I spent probably about a, almost a two years or a year and a half trying to find work and just mm. constantly being rejected and mm. constantly, constantly being rejected. That related to your degree. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, then, and, that, and that's not an uncommon experience. So my parents, yeah. when they came to Australia, you know, my dad was qualified. He had a you know, PhD mm. in chemistry. He was qualified to teach. Yes. But he just couldn't get a job at the university or a full-time job. Yes. He could only get kind of part-time work uh, at a kind of high High school teaching uh, you know science and mm. and you know and mm. to be able to move to a different country and you know you're mm. supporting your family you kind of need full-time work mm. so he stayed here a few months and then decided to go back to his old job in Botswana wow. to be able to support the family yeah. and it's a, it's not a very uncommon story I'll have a lot of family you know cousins and uncles and aunties I just finish uni and just can't find work yeah. and so I guess knowing that that's a a broader issue it's, yep. it's a common issue a lot of, amongst a lot of migrants and mm, not just mm, African migrants yes. yeah and then for Betty and I now working in in the HR space and being more kind of familiar with diversity and inclusion and understanding 
that as an agenda for for us and for other organizations you know we you know we recognized there was an opportunity to do something mm. and we decided to you know launch DivTal, which is essentially our social enterprise. It's a way to look at connecting organizations who want cultural diversity in their workforce mm. and migrant job seekers that, you know, have the skills, have the qualifications, um, but just need that employer to give them a chance to demonstrate kind of their ability. So that's the broader overview of what DivTal is. Yeah. Um, like Lorna said, we're both really passionate and we're very much involved in a lot of um, migrant specific work um, mm. that either empowers young people or uh, we're also part of committees that are all about increasing cultural diversity mm. in leadership so it's all things that we I think have just brought into life and gone how can we bridge this gap how can we make a difference in our community how can we make a difference in our society mm. and mm. we realized um we're already doing it. We're just now going to try and combine it, create create something like a platform to be able to, I guess, access and support me more people. So mm. to us, it was just born out of our own passion, but also our own professional careers, mm. which mm. I think goes back to when you find um, your purpose um, yes. and then it aligns with your strengths yeah. and it aligns with your values. You get this, I don't know, it's a beautiful mashup that I think everyone aspires to have. Yeah, um, because and, I can only yeah. imagine like the stress of finding employment. So it's, so the mindset around that is just find anything, Yeah. but it may not necessarily leverage your strengths or actually align 100%. with your true calling. And that's yeah. also another stressful situation to find yourself in. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And it's, an, it's not an uncommon thing. A lot of migrants, because they can't find jobs aligned to mm. their skills and and you know qualifications, they tend to go for kind of lower, lower skilled jobs mm. that they can that yeah that they're not kind of they overqualified to do mm. and you know you know if you're doing a job that you're not challenging you're not going to be happy and yeah so it, it brings about all these other kind of broader issues so, yeah so you know employment that's aligned to kind of who you are yeah. and what you're going to do is so important so mm. that's so empowering obviously you spend 80 percent of like your time and just 80 percent of your life you spend at work so if you're not happy and you're not yeah. progressing yeah. and you you don't feel like you're being empowered it's definitely mm. going to impact you mental health mm-hmm. wise mm-hmm. just everything so we're kind of like and obviously you know as you would probably see doing this podcast is mm. all these side hustles like get you up in the morning like this whole concept of what gets you up in the morning there's always like yeah. an overarching thing that just gives you that little tingly feeling yeah i think yeah it's just yeah. a nice feeling that mm-hmm. i think everyone should aspire to find in their yeah. life yeah well it's so inspiring to hear that you know in your day jobs you're also making a difference to the employee experience and then mm-hmm. through your side hustle you're hoping to transform the migrant employment experience as well so out of curiosity where are you at with your side hustle startup journey yeah um so the startup world is probably a lot <laughs> a lot more difficult than we thought it would be yeah. but it, i think what drives you is your passion and that end goal mm. so where we're at with DivTel is that we're definitely in the discovery stage and mm-hmm. uh, we're doing a lot of research having a lot of conversations with um hr professionals mm-hmm. um applicants who are 
employed and unemployed are culturally mm. diverse applicants mm. and we're also having conversations with organizations collaborators mm. really anyone who we think can really benefit or help us really grow DivTel yeah. or provide us some sort of advice to make sure we're on the right track so we're really in that process of refining mm. really making sure that our value proposition is one that is viable yeah um because i think it's really important to start up to spend a lot of time there because mm. later on is when things go wrong but i think this is the time where we make sure that uh yes our passion shows us there's definitely an issue and there's a gap mm. but mm. then we need to also be a viable um mm. social enterprise and mm. make sure that whatever that we put out there in the market is something that actually has a demand and it has a supply so mm. Mm. um lots of conversations um now also working on our minimal viable products so that's mm, a, been mm, a very mm. big milestone for divtel we finally um have a developer on board who we're working awesome. with to really yep. create a minimal viable product which is going to be the divtel platform yeah so um we're excited uh i think the future yes. looks really bright for divtel uh so we're just working mm, kind of mm. like really tirelessly and endlessly but i think uh it's definitely all worth it and yeah. i think we're we're definitely somewhere we thought we wouldn't be i think mm. yeah. um i thought we th- would take a lot longer to get where we're mm. at right now but i think with the right networks um and we also have a amazing mentor in mm. um hatch quarter mm-hmm. uh who are uh supporting us through an accelerator program and they oh, that's awesome and yeah. they've been able to really guide us so i think networks um just the right people around us has really gotten us to where we probably mm. thought we wouldn't be but yeah, yeah. it's really exciting yeah. times yeah absolutely and i think it's just been so overwhelming the amount of people that have just reached out and said you know we love what you're doing we're yeah. interested in what you're doing like let's have a conversation yeah. it's just been so overwhelming and i think you know once you you go out there and you you know you vocalize you know what you're passionate about and what you want to do you you attract people that you know yes. have yeah. a similar kind of mentality and a similar kind of value and so we've just been we just feel so you know lucky to be able to mm, have so mm. many supportive people and just so many people just willing to yeah you know lend a hand or yeah. give us give us some sort of advice yeah mm. Mm. now i'm curious to know because people with side hustles like i always get the question are you doing a side hustle and then are you going to make the switch one day mm-hmm. and for me personally my goal is to actually balance both because i do mm-hmm. enjoy you know challenges at work but i also want the flexibility to have something of my own mm. so what is i guess your future vision for how divtel fits in with your bigger dreams for your career goals Mm, yeah. yeah, I think for me at the moment I do I I love what I do in HR. You yeah, just you learn yeah. so much and it's just so broad and the challenges you experience all the time is just yeah. so so different every day and I think I'm I'm still I still feel like I'm very much junior in my career mm-hmm. and I still mm-hmm. want to kind of progress in my HR career mm-hmm. I still feel yeah, like so I'm more want to do. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But DivTal currently is is just a side hustle. Yeah. It's um but I'm pleased you know to have the flexibility to be able to kind of work on DivTal so yeah. early mornings evenings weekends yeah that's right so i think for me so it's growing diff towel and then just kind of seeing yeah, where that's that goes right. yeah the, same for me yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i think i'm i'm quite similar in that yeah. i'll still building on my career still looking for new challenges yeah. and everything i think i will learn i think if anything it's kind of directed my career more towards um maybe specializing in dni because mm, i think mm. 
you can organizations are constantly developing and changing and to even keep up with what's going on from a um, like organizational yeah. perspective can only help us refine and make DivTel you know something that is always keeping up with the changing mm. um, in the changing context of organizations so for me I want to be a part of that and I don't yeah. want to be like disconnected to that yeah. So for me, I definitely have aspirations to, you know, be a leader one day and mm, um, mm. that would be amazing in some organization. And then I think the end goal mm, um, mm. is to one day even be in on a board somewhere making really significant yeah. um, uh, like decisions and uh, actually having cultural diversity all the way up in boards mm, and having mm. that diversity of thought there. That's awesome. And yeah. through this experience, through the networks and the research, and no doubt that'll be super valuable for your future roles yeah. as well. Mm. Um, what's your big ticket dream in terms of how you will help migrants find meaningful employment? Yeah, yeah so I think the first thing, migrants come here and they just really struggle to, I guess, navigate the... Australian you know job market there's mm -hmm. just so much on offer that it's tailored to migrants mm. but in terms of them finding it it's such it's such a challenge and mm. and people you know people come here they don't get told about you know the how to navigate within the Australian culture and you know what are the expectations of working in an yes. Australian organization yeah. and if you don't have the certain kind of local certifications or qualifications and you know you need to go back and you know get those to, to be able to be considered mm -hmm. so I think there's there's a huge gap where whilst there is a lot of support out there it's mm. not tailored to specifically migrants mm. a lot of the time and so they're coming in you know blinded and not really knowing how to navigate the the system so we mm. hope as part of DivTal, DivTal it's an a platform you know end-to-end -end holistic support around you know how to find a job you know mm career tools and career support to really help them navigate you know what you know what steps to take to be able to find the new the opportunity they're looking for whether it's mm. an internship or a job mm. but to be able to just to be there as a kind of one-stop shop where we can have all the all various different opportunities and all the career support and, mm. and things they need to be able to be successful and mm. not just to find a job find a job that is meaningful to them yes. aligned to their skills and qualifications yeah. in an organization that you know values them values their diversity of thought and yeah. values their global experience I think that's what we would hope to achieve out of DivTel yeah mm. and I think the long long-term goal for DivTel is to see those people who have come through the platform find that and mm. then when they're there in that organization not to just settle for that and really aspire for all they want to aspire for mm, mm. within their career whether that's a leadership role uh um and we definitely do want like i think mm. that end goal is to see more leaders being represented at a culturally diverse um yep. like cultural diversity celebrating and in us feeling like or as culturally diverse people actually have people representing us in these big organizations which will mm. only build um, like more careers for the next generation which Fantastic, I think yeah. is so important and we want to feel like the next generation is able to go oh my god you know um, I know somebody who is like a CEO or a EGM of a big organization yeah. which will just you'll just see them just light up and find new pathways that never mm. even are probably thinking of right now mm. and I think that's where you start seeing an actual shift 
um, mm. of mindset of uh, like everything that you could want, role modeling, everything that mm. you could probably want, which I feel like is not there mm. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Because <clears throat> quite often, like when you're trying to look at building your networks, so it's so hard it's like where do I start mm. um, how do I find the right network for this particular whether it's something you want to learn or, or an industry you want to find out more about mm. so it sounds awesome like if you're able to not only um, support them with finding meaningful employment but also help them find mentors or role models mm. um, that can help them as well that's mm. um, super exciting that is the dream <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just a couple of quick questions before we wrap up. What do you think is like the one thing you'd like people to take away from today's podcast in terms of how to create your own opportunities in the future of work? I think for me, you know, we are so fortunate these days in terms of the access to technology. Yeah. You know, I think it's, you know, say 20, 30, 40 years ago, everyone had traditional jobs, you know, nine to five, mm. you get paid your salary, the side hustle didn't really exist there. Mm. But now we have, we're so fortunate to have so much access and resources to information like at our fingertips. Yes. And I think <laughs> that it's, it's, and with information comes power. And I think there's just, you know, people mm. have careers and things like YouTube and mm, Instagram mm. influencers. And who would have thought those are even jobs, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> yep. And I think things are in, in technology is progressing so much quicker. And who knows mm. what new jobs will be created in the future. Yep. And I think these days, you know, back to kind of even you're, you're an example. You know, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we work our jobs full time. We have our side hustles. Yes. And these days, it's not just about having sort of one one thing. It's about mm. having smaller mm. kind of multiple things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in terms of being able to create your own opportunities in future, I think the the landscape has changed where we are so much more empowered these days than any other generation Absolutely. ever. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's more about just understanding what resources we have mm. today mm. and just being going out there and being bold and mm. you know, being courageous to re- really kind of follow what you want to do in life. Mm, mm. Mm. Um, I think it's such exciting times. Uh, and I think it all goes back to the moment where you're kind of like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what my purpose is. Yes. And, uh, you know, it makes me sometimes really sad when people say that because I think there's nothing more empowering than finding your purpose in life. Absolutely. So for me, I would say to a lot of your digital learners out there, that number one, it starts with you. So you really need to reflect on what is it that really, really gets you up in the morning. What about what you do, do you actually enjoy? Mm. And really reflect on your strengths, what Mm -hmm. makes you who you are. And then within that, you'll find something that you're like, you didn't even know exists. So back to Lorna's point, you can create something that you're passionate about because that's the world we live in. Mm. But it all goes back to really finding out what your strengths are. Mm. And they strengths tend to be the things that you do and you just enjoy. And somebody's like, you're really good at that. And you're like, thanks. They're not the things where people are like, you're really good at that. And you're like, I hate doing that. So yeah, um, yeah. really reflect. So I would say finding yourself, being self-aware is one of the things that no one can ever take away from you. So mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in really that strength-based approach. Don't worry about what you're not good at. Just really hone the skills and the strengths that you're really good at. And before you know it, you'll be able to kind of go, wow, like I'm just naturally good at this. I naturally enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, find yourself and find what you love. 
And I think it all comes back to finding yourself first. So um, really just embrace that. And I think the world's your oyster after that. Find yeah. yourself, find what you love. love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, where can people find more about you and DivTel online? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, so Mm -hmm. just Lorna, L-O-R-N-A, Deng, Mm D-E-N-G. So I'm very kind of active on LinkedIn. I do have, um, so we've got the DivTal website, so it's Mm -hmm. just DivTal.com. We've got a DivTal Instagram and a DivTal LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. And Facebook. Yes. Well, all over over the social media. (laughs) So whatever you have. The only thing we don't have is Snapchat. Yeah. Or Twitter. Or Twitter. (laughs) So we'll get there for you, Snapchat. And Twitter lovers out there, but Instagram is the new cool yeah. thing, just saying, who's still on Snapchat. Yeah. And, and Betty, can we find you on LinkedIn as well? Yes, yeah. so uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under Betty Otho, so that's B-E-D-I, Otho, O-T-H-O-W. And yes, please follow me and I'll always follow you back. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time out here today. Thank, thank you, thank you for having us. <laughs> it's been a dream come true. Yeah. It's been so much fun. Thank oh, you yes. so much. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review and subscribe and let me know if this has helped you in any way in shaping your career goals. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook where you can find us at Digital Learners Podcast and you can find show notes for every episode at digitallearners.co.